Welcome to Live with Milani. It is two o'clock on the dot and I can see my guest is on time. I love it. So we're going to jump right in and get to it. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Well, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to talk to you. First of all, t tell me how to say your name. I know the short version is Jock. Is that how you say your name? Okay, so Wonderful. funny story is my mother originally named me Zakis. And okay. in elementary, you know, we were taught the alphabet and the Q and the U, everyone's changed it to Quis. And so I've been going by Jacquees since kindergarten. Those that prefer to say Jacquees is fine. Okay. So let me give the audience a little bit of background. So a couple months ago, I was on Clubhouse and I don't remember what room I was in but you were speaking and immediately like I, it just hit my spirit and I said I've got to talk to this young man um, and I say young man because you're not that much older than my son so I don't mean that in a bad way but I, I was just compelled to reach out to you and I hit you in the DMs and I started to talk to you about the trials if you will that my son had gone through from playing football and what it was like from the parents side and you know um the reality was that during that time my heart was was broken for him um because he had put so much time into playing the sport and you like literally i was crying in those dms because when you started to tell your story um, when you talked about how you pressed through and it really, really, really encouraged me so much as a parent, um, as a person, um, I immediately shared some of the DMs with my husband and with my son, because I was like, you know what? God has a plan and uh -huh. we may not understand it while it's happening, but this story that this dude told is crazy. Like, I don't even know how that happens, especially in sports. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let you tell the story. All right, so um, I guess well, I started playing football at the very young age of five years old. And it was all that I knew pretty much. And uh, once I kind of knew that I had abilities to play and got into the high and things, and I kind of knew that this was gonna be my meal ticket, so to speak. and um, going through some some hardships in high school and losing scholarships, uh, getting in trouble in high school, I kind of thought that uh, the road was, the journey was over for me. And uh, God blessed me with another opportunity to go to junior college. <clears throat> and so when I went to junior college, um, my whole thing was trying to get back to getting recruited again and, um, I, I ended up receiving the accolade of being the Offensive Player of the Year in junior college. And uh, at this time, I had no guidance, uh, really, because I grew up without a father, um, unfortunately, like many many of us do. But um, I had no guidance in the recruiting uh, area. And so I didn't know the right reasons to choose a school. And I chose a, a college based on what I thought was going to get me to the NFL the fastest. 
And that's what I did. I chose the college and it, things just didn't work out for me um, with the coach. We bumped heads um, for various different situations. And from there, I kind of went into a depression state because I elected to transfer from there. And I went uh, to a school where I had to pay for school the first semester. I didn't get a, a, um, a scholarship because at the previous school, the coach wouldn't release me, unfortunately. And so I had mm -hmm. to walk on and pay for school my first I had so many scholarships lined up for me after I transferred. And so uh, not many people knew this, but I fell into a deep depression state because um, I felt like football had been taken away from me. The happiness of playing had been taken away from me. And um, like many people do uh, with depression, you kind of find something that, makes you happy and I started drinking and smoking cigars and things and got overweight and tried to finish my last season at 250 pounds which wasn't my playing weight mm -hmm. and um, from there I kind of was like riding that ego of when I was the offensive player of the year like I'm going to go to the NFL anyway I still have stock I'm still going to make it I'm still going to make it and unfortunately, I didn't make it. Um, I went through another state of depression because when I was supposed to be drafted, there was the year of the NFL lockout, and I didn't get the chance to speak with any team. I didn't get a chance to go to a mini camp. And I'm sure you know about this because uh, who you married to, but it was mm -hmm. like you just see your dreams just taken away from you. Like that, that was my only opportunity and that's all that I knew, like, football was going to be my meal ticket. That was going to be the way to take take care of my family. So I, I took two years off um, living in Miami, and I was around friends who played in the NFL, and I was at a game, a Miami Dolphins game, one of my friends supporting him, and I had an epiphany, like, man, you can still play, and this is when I was around 270 pounds. I didn't even know this. Wow. So I was 270 pounds at one point in time, and I literally cried myself into, you got to do something. And so I went and paid for a trainer. I talked to one friend who was playing overseas, and I told him that I wanted to get back, you know, get back in the box. I still felt like I, I, I still could play. I was only two years out. And I spoke with an agent, and he told me that if I can lose weight, he can send me to a Canadian workout. And so I took him up on that challenge, and I challenged myself. And then I went to this Canadian workout with no film for two years, and I competed. And that's something that I strongly believe in is competing. And the team liked me, but I didn't have any film. And so they told me that they I needed film. And so I talked to my friend that was playing overseas and asked him, how did he get overseas? And he told me, and he helped me set up this profile on Euro players. And I set up some old college film on the profile, and I got contacted by a team in Finland. And that's how my international career uh, took off. And that, for me, has been a life-changing experience that I'm still mm -hmm. living until today. And so uh, with that, um, I've been able to make the best of it just strictly chasing that dream to go to the NFL and not to give up on myself uh, ever again. But now I'm, I'm 
playing in different countries and seeing the rest of the world, seeing the world and doing things I never imagined. We're conditioned over here to feel like, you know, if you don't make, or young black men specifically, if you don't make it in the league, meaning the NFL, the NBA, the main stay of what we call the league, then it's over. But, you know, there are so many other opportunities, even though they may not be on this big stage. But I remember Shay Cotton saying, I learned six languages. Like, you know, we, we kind of don't take it, take into account how big the world is. And right. I, th I think um, when, when you speak about that, it's so important. So going over there, what have you, like how has it um, caused you to grow as a person and, and expand in terms of how you see the world? It opened up my mind uh, so much the first year um, I think like my, after my first year, I sent some film to some NFL teams, and this is what really kept me going. I sent uh, one friend named Jock McKissick. He's an actor now, ex-football player, but he gave me some emails to some scouts. And so I started sending my film to scouts. He was like, don't stop hassling them, hassling them. And, I, and I'm sending my film, sending my film. And the Carolina Panthers, Panthers actually like emailed me back and was like, we like your film, but Unfortunately, the roster is full right now. It was in September, which the season had already started. But the the thing that kept me going was that in the email, he put, like, just in case, send us the rest of your contact information and, you know, we'll get back to you. And that email for me mm. was uh, keep going. It's possible. And after that, you know, I just kept going. I kept going. And even till I'm 33 years old today. Like, I don't like to speak about my age, but I'm 33. And so for me, wow. at this age, like, I, I believe in miracles. I believe in God so much. I, I believe in faith and hard work. And I was like, I don't care what anyone says. I know my abilities. I know what God has blessed me to do. I know that I made some mistakes, and it, it wasn't because of the lack of God and some of it was surely because of my immaturity and being just a human in the world, just making conscious mistakes. But that email was the, the it for me, like, don't give up, don't give mm. up. And since that mm -hmm. I have kept going with the optimistic mindset that one day I'll get a shot. And that has launched me mm. into different countries. I went from Finland to Brazil I've been to Brazil, all over Brazil. Brazil became a small, it's a big country, but it became so small to me because I played for mm. different, different states and cities all over Brazil. So I know Brazil. I'm fluent in Portuguese now because of this. I have a son in Brazil. And to get the opportunity to go back to Europe, I just, um, you know, back in the day, there was the NFL Europe, and I watched this as a kid as well. And now I'm playing for the team that's the Berlin Thunder that wow. I've seen on TV before, which is like crazy. So it's like this international experience became, it's my NFL. It's my NFL. Yes. And I yes. never thought about traveling the world like this until I was placed into to this position. And, you know, and I appreciate you posting Chuck Crawford, the athlete and the entrepreneur, because then it opened my mind up about my story and things that I went through and how could I turn what I'm doing and my experiences into a business as well? And so for me, it's just been a tremendous blessing to be able to mm. keep playing 
thing to see the country based and let football be my vehicle. Yes. And, and have everything accommodated. And so I couldn't say mm. if I went to the NFL, would I be traveling the world like this and meeting friends? I can go to any country in Europe, East Europe now, or Brazil, and I can go and be comfortable and have friends and family there that, you know, some people may just go on a vacation wow. and it just be that. For me, I can go and be home. I can be mm. around people I know. And so um, I, I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for it, the mm -hmm. shortcomings of not going to the NFL. I was able to be around the NFL because I had friends that went to the NFL. I saw the things that they went through and imagined myself, mm. what if I was blessed with all these millions and had to deal with, I don't, mentally, I probably wouldn't be able to do it, you know, mm. and, and I'm just grateful that I wasn't, you know, blessed with that opportunity when I was young and dumb and could have made so many wow. mistakes, but this experience made me mature, it made me grow as a man, it made me understand a lot of mm. things, and about life, and so I'm just grateful for it. So grateful. Mm. Wow. I want to stay right there where you you talked about. I want you to talk a little bit about the mental health and how did you come out of that? Like, when did you know? Okay, I have a drinking problem. I'm in a dark place. How did you pull up out of that? It was very difficult. I. When I was going through depression, I didn't even know I was depressed. I just thought I was having fun. I thought I was just, mm. you know, you know, living the life and, and just having fun. I didn't know I was depressed. I didn't have friends telling me, bro, you're getting fat, bro. You, you know, you, you, you know, you, some people who haven't seen me for a while, like, or new people that I met thought that this was actually my build, a heavy set husky guy. It wasn't. And it wasn't until mm. I, I literally was, watching my friend at a Miami Dolphin game, I was like, me and him dreamed this together. Like, we knew that he was going to play in the NFL, I was going to play in the NFL. See me and be like, bro, why? How could you not be in – why aren't you in the NFL? You know, and for me, it was like a rude awakening. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Stop, stop drinking. Stop mm -hmm. smoking these cigars. Stop doing these things. And it was like a, a cope for me to be, be in these type of settings, and I just had to – get some discipline about myself that I didn't have. I didn't have a, I'm the only child, my mother's only child. My mom raised me by herself mm -hmm. with the help of my auntie and my grandmother, but they can't teach a man how to be a man. And so mm -hmm. traveling the world made me grow up. It made me grow up. Mm -hmm. It made me, oh, you don't need to be doing this and doing this because if you ruin your opportunity in this other country, you probably can get deported or stuff like this. So leave this stuff alone because sometimes when I get drunk, I'll go, go to a club and be out of my mind and want to fight and do all these other things. Stop drinking, stop mm -hmm. smoking these cigars, stop doing these things. And it was like a, a cope for me to be, be in these type of settings. And I just had to get some discipline about myself that I didn't have. I didn't have a, I'm the only child. My mother's only child. My mom raised me by herself mm -hmm. with the help of my auntie and my grandmother, but they can't teach a man how to be a man. And so traveling the world made me grow up. It made me grow up. Mm -hmm. It made me, oh, you don't need to be doing this and doing this because if you ruin your opportunity in this other country, you probably can get deported or stuff like this. So leave this stuff alone because sometimes when I get drunk, I'll go, go to a club and be out of my mind and want to fight and do all these other things. 
And it took mm-hmm. like understanding, like don't put yourself in jeopardy. Don't put your career in jeopardy. If you really like playing overseas, seeing the world for free for your ability, stop, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So did you go, have you done any like actual therapy when you were going through that? Or was it just like this conversation you were having with yourself? Like you got to turn the corner. How did, how did you, you know, start making those everyday decisions to change? Um, honestly, I can admit that to today, I'm still kind of battling with it, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, being overseas and learning and being in different cultures and stuff, you kind of get lonely. You kind of, you know, tend to be to yourself and start to think about things. And, you know, you kind of want to relapse and be like, okay, I want to go have some fun and do these things. But it's, been kind of hard to open up about um, this mental mental problems and things that I have or uh, traumas that I've went through and, and you don't know who to really talk about um, with these certain type of things because not everyone has your best interest so for me I've never reached out for professional professional help so to speak and so it's something that I kind of still deal with to today so it's just taking a step at a time and just trying to make some type of progress. Let's talk. Okay, so while you were okay, let's talk about this, man. What was it like with your mom, your your family being probably fairly small, being back home? What was that like? What What was that like for her and for you? It was. It was. It's difficult um, because. My mother got pregnant at a very young age, and so mm. not having my father in my life uh, with a backstory that's really crazy uh, in regards to that and their relationship, um, it was very hard. And, and to today, I can say that my mother isn't over the trauma that she went through with uh, my father. Mm. And it's crazy because I started to see, as I started to learn more about my father, some of the cycles that um were mm. you know you want to talk about breaking generational curses and things of that nature uh, i didn't know that my father mm-hmm. played in finland i knew that he played in europe me and my dad played for the wow. same team you know <gasps> so when i got contracted to play wow. in finland i uh, i started to wow. stand out and um organizations were uh from that i played for would be like yeah People are uh, contacting us, uh, asking, is, you know, so-and-so your father? Mm. Last name, they recognize the last name. And so um, I started meeting people that play with my dad. And I started learning about my dad from, you know, mm. his time in, in Europe. And, and so, like, having grown up without him and having to deal with the the traumas that my mom went through and learning from her experiences and things like that and and trying to cope with not having this father figure but everyone knows him and learning more about him it's been it's been crazy and it's been like scary sometimes because mm-hmm. like I don't want to make the same mistakes that he made because I'm starting to learn things that he did and you know in his career and and mm-hmm. it's oh everything just kind of Mm. and in my journey right now and so it's 
you know, growing in a small family, it helped a lot because my my mom and uh, my auntie and my grandmother, they, you know, they raised me as a child to have great respect and good morals and things of that nature. But, of course, I was going to be a teenager kid and make some mistakes. But uh, not having my father in my life, like, that that didn't help. That sucked a lot. But it, it's, it's been crazy. Just I'm still learning things and uh, about myself, wow. about my father and things like that. It's crazy. How did you feel about, did you, when you were making certain decisions, I, I've heard my husband speak, he lost his dad when he was 10. And I've heard him speak about major decisions that he had to make in life. And he was just like, man, what do I do? Like, there's no man there to tell me how to make this decision. What was that like for you? Uh, very difficult, very difficult. I felt like if I had that guidance or that, that father figure or my father in my life, maybe I wouldn't have had made so many mistakes uh, as a human being, mm -hmm. as a man, um, and as an athlete, because I, for one, I don't watch sports. And so when I was getting recruited, I didn't know anything about choosing a college or, you know, <sighs> what to look for. Right. I, I chose University of Kansas because they were going to play 13 TV games and I wanted to play on TV. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm thinking, right. okay, I'm going to play here one year and I'm going to the NFL. And that was probably one of the dumbest decisions I could have made. Not wow. knowing that if the NFL wants you, they're going to find you no matter mm. where you go. And so learning from these mistakes is why I want to kind of do something within the entrepreneur uh, state of mentoring young athletes and helping them understand um, how college recruiting works, really works, really, like, really works. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, working hard and having that, that uh, work ethic to, to go out and do what you really need to do and making sure you're, you're handling yourself uh, things properly on and off the field so that these, you know, teams will come find you. And so, it's, it's, it's been hard, and like I said, I'm still growing into being, I'm still turning to being a man today. I'm 33 years old, and I feel like I'm 24, 25 mentally, you know, but mm -hmm. um, it's been difficult. And, and even being a father now, just learning that I don't want to put my son through what my father put me through is, is something that I've accepted. You know, um... Uh, first of all, I applaud you for the journey, for the tenacity, for pressing through. And, and although you didn't have that guidance, I can see that you have done a, an amazing job of trusting God, trusting yourself and not giving up. Like, I just, I can't imagine if you had to gave up because when I heard you on that clubhouse, I mean, I, I was so inspired. I was so inspired. And I told my husband right away, I said, you, you got to hear this young man's story. And I still talk about it. I'm like, you know what? Guess what happened? You know? <laughs> and when we were on the talking that night and I was kind of explaining what my son had gone through, it literally was like a mirror. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, you know, we, you would think, with my husband having played, we would have understood the recruiting process. We did not. 
we you would have thought we would have understood how to navigate we didn't know anything and we made mistakes and when schools were offering and, and i mean we were just like whoa it's just stacking up he was i mean he's a baller he he really can play and like right around i'm not gonna say the school's name but one of the schools stepped up they were like well he's a little small but we really and this is a major 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 program so it, I don't know if people got word that we, I know what it is. He went up there to, to watch a spring game. Okay. So because he went there to watch a spring game with his dad, I guess somehow somebody may have said, oh, he signed here or he committed. Well, come the next year, the letters start going down, but his, he was going up. He was still winning stuff. He was still balling. He was balling better than the year before and I thought it was strange but I was like well I'm not gonna worry about it we didn't worry about it mm -hmm. he had he was invited to the Nike camp and the Under Armour camp his okay. dad chose for him not to go because it's you know his hip was bothering not enough to where he couldn't go but he was playing basketball at the time okay. well because he didn't go that also was a he signed over here literally recruitment came and went so at that point we started calling schools and they were like we had no idea he was available right we got no more scholarships i mean school we we were like oh my god what happened so it's funny i mean i was devastated he was dev we were all devastated because it was just we just took it as a given story short he gets over to uh to tcu and they have no spots and they're like, we know what he can do. We like him. The best we can offer him is a walk-on because we heard that he signed back in September, like the, like the summer before. So it explained what happened. But when, when you don't know, and because everything is just so contingent upon these dates of, okay, here's the signing date. Here's the recruit date. Here's the window closes. The window opens. And he he just had a really tough time and he also had to go to cisco college where okay. you went and i was like okay this is so this is this <laughs> is too much like I, I, this dude understands I, I, everything that i'm saying i understand yeah me. you it, it was like so many parents don't know and we're all like asking questions. And that's why this interview is important to me because not only can you help parents navigate, but you can speak to guys that got caught between the numbers, had nothing to do with their talent, picked the wrong school, had to go over here, had to go over here. Now your five years is up. You know, you start to get older, you know, and my son, yours was the lockout. My son got hit during the pandemic. Oh, wow. I mean, a mess. And, and, and Canada, there was an opportunity there, but they decided we're not going to even play. Yeah. And like you said, he just went to, I don't want to speak for him. I wish he was here to speak for himself, but I saw, I saw it. I saw the, the, I know how I felt for him. Like I didn't feel like he was a meal ticket. I just wanted his dreams to come true. And because his dad had been hurt, you know, it was like all of these emotions that were 
kind of locked up in it and I didn't know how to process them. And I'm so thankful, Jock, for your journey because, I mean, I sobbed. I cried so hard on the other end of that phone because it gave me hope. Not so much, oh, he'll play at NFL or this or that. What it did was it helped me to understand that God had a plan and he has a plan. And so um, if you could, I want you to speak about how you felt and, and if there's some young athletes out there that are either coming up, that are in between, that still want to play, that are, or the ones that can't play anymore, they're, they're just broken mentally and physically, what would you say to them? Um, I'm not, I'm going to try not to get emotional because for me, okay. it's, it, 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 it's been like that. Um, but I understand what it feels like to feel like you, you, you lost, you lost everything. But when you have an open mind to other opportunities or seeking other opportunities to get to your ultimate dream. You know, if you set a high dream, the NFL is your dream. It may not be what is meant for you, but mm -hmm. if I can relate it to my, my journey, if I never, if I ever gave up on trying to make it to the NFL, I wouldn't be where I am today as far as playing right now and still playing like no matter what, no athlete wants to stop competing because if you don't get a scholarship at a high school, you pretty much know your athletic journey is done. If you don't get that um, professional contract out to college, you know that it's pretty much done. But if you're mm -hmm. really passionate and you really believe, then keep fighting for your dream. Keep fighting for it. Pursue all opportunities and just do not give up. The moment you give up, you give up on God. You don't have it. You lost all your faith because if I would have given up, truly given up, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I'll probably be somewhere, Lord knows where, drinking or probably dead and gone because that's mm -hmm. just what depression and and under, and thinking that my life was over. The moment that I didn't get called by NFL team, I thought life was over. But instead of thinking that life was over, I took the, I went out on the limb. I took an opportunity in another country, and now mm -hmm. I have been all across the world, and it's been paid for. I, I haven't came mm -hmm. out of pocket for traveling the world. It, I have truly been blessed with the opportunity to see the world for what God has blessed me and allowed me to do. And I want to mm. encourage anyone, any athlete who may feel like they're not it, they're not enough, pursue all options. Pursue all options. Mm. Pursue them. Pursue them, pursue them, because you never know. As long as you have high goals, high dreams, you never know just what God may put you on the path to do something greater than what you thought you mm. were going to do. And so for me, as someone who grew up not wanting to go to the NFL. I wanted to go to the NFL only for the money to take care of my family and to do business one day. I wanted to be a businessman. But coming overseas, mm. I started to have visions about what I wanted to do and how I could make money with what God has blessed me to do. And I am still playing today. I have already 
I'm going to play next year, guys will, and I'm enjoying life to the fullest. I'm going to mm. different countries. <laughs> Even the countries I'm not playing in right now, I'm getting to visit other countries that's nearby, and I'm playing in places I've never yeah. dreamed of or imagined, and I couldn't be more grateful for the experience. I couldn't be more grateful for it. Like, I, mm. I, I'm going to cry. I'm trying not to cry, but <laughs> I can't imagine had I went to the NFL, would I be where I'm at today and enjoying exactly what I'm doing with a five-year contract in NFL and blowing my money and trying to figure out what I'm going to do or going overseas, playing, meeting different countries and developing a vision to do you know, business and, and to to be able to give back through my journey. So I'm, I'm just grateful for it. So young guys, don't give up. Mm. All options, please. Wow. Wow. So as you guys can see, what hit me in my heart that day, you heard it. Um, that's, that's amazing. So let, let's, let's segue to how you were literally rehabbing. First of all, I was like, you got to be one heck of an athlete. What? Okay, so the story is you were rehabbing and you ended up playing. Okay, tell that story. <laughs> Okay, so I'm in Brazil, and, you know, I'm playing for a team, and I get hurt, and this is when I probably thought my career was over with. I was like, well, overseas, this ball is done, and, you know, I'm going back home. I got to get a nine to five, and going to rehab, I'm in rehab, and I see a basketball player, and me with my competitive self, I I checked the guy. I said, ah, I'll beat you one-on-one right now. you lucky I'm hurt right now. And he was like, well, when you get better, come out and try out for the team. We can play some ball. I was like, I can really try out for the team? He was like, yeah. So I'm rehabbing, and uh, I heard about the day of the tryouts, and so I went to the basketball tryout, and the coach was like, oh, you American. Of course you can play basketball. Just come on, come on, come on. So I'm there, and right. – <laughs> Gave me an open invite to the team, and next thing I know, I'm playing basketball and football in Brazil the, the next year at the same time, and I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling like That's I'm in crazy. high school again, because <laughs> in Brazil, we play like every two to three weeks, and so I was able to, you know, play on the basketball team in between these days that we didn't have games, and so I'm just out there living and loving life, like I love basketball so much. Wow. It was uh, it actually helped me get back in shape and uh, helped me to get back to running because I didn't want to get back on the yeah. field and run yet. And so just playing on the basketball court and getting back to that field of running again, it, it helped me. And now, like, I've been playing in Brazil basketball three years now, and then I found myself running track and field. I'm just like, I'm just going to do everything I can. <laughs> That's so, so crazy. I'm going to looking at me like, you know, friends that are my age, like, bro, what are you doing down there? Like, how are you living <laughs> basketball, running track? Like, I don't know. I, you know, so, you know, I've just been grateful for that. That was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me, getting injured. Because and, and, wow. I, I don't know if I would have been playing basketball down there, and I'm so grateful. So now I have friends in basketball, you know, teams on basketball in Brazil, and, and that's that's – that was mind blowing, and so I was so, I was so thankful wow. and grateful for that. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like an injury led me to another having a career in basketball. Mm. And I've just been grateful for that too.
Man, well, somebody said Jock. That you got the right name. Yeah, you know, I it's kind of self-explanatory. I've never heard of anything like that. I'm sure it happens. Like we know about Bo Jackson and Dion, and that's even rare. But just, I mean, at the same time, like that's crazy. Like. It was, That's amazing. It, it worked in my favor. And, and you know, uh, one thing me and my family, like, we pride ourselves on is, like, just having favor from God and, mm -hmm. you know, and and taking the worst situation and making the, the best out of it. And for me, I could have yeah. just conquered up once I got injured. And just to be able to walk in any basketball court in Brazil right now and be at, they yeah. going to recognize, like, That's the football player that plays basketball, too. So wow. I'm so – I'm so thankful for it, and, and I, wow. I, I, I will not complain. I will not complain. You listen, you know, I, I take this interview over Michael Jordan. You <laughs> think, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm very serious when I say that. Because what you're saying, it is going to give so many people hope. And you know, specifically so many young black men who have given up, who have been told all you can do is play ball. I mean, I looked on the roster of the team that one of my, my son played at and almost none of those guys went to the NFL. And it's like, what do they do? You know, and were they prepared? And, you know, it, everybody is like you, so many of those young men are like, I gotta, I gotta do this. This is how I'm gonna take care of my family. So then you understand the mental health breakdowns and then you start seeing, you know, stuff like domestic violence and so many situations where I, I just don't think that a lot of them are prepared. And go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's really serious. The, the whole mental, mental health side of it all, because uh, honestly, like that's what my dad suffered from. Um, mm -hmm. He was the number one running back in the nation. ESPN did a thirty for thirty on him, and um, wow. you know he's not here to defend himself. But I can speak on his behalf. Um, a result of, of that was him doing drugs, and you know these people we hung around who was, oh yeah, he's going to go to the NFL, and you know we're going to be around mm -hmm. him. And once he didn't make it. These people were you know, nowhere to be found, and you know you kind of lose that mm -hmm. cloud and things of that nature. And you know he fell into a deep depression and got around the wrong crowd, started doing drugs, and you know that that ultimately ruined his life. And my, you know my father's in jail right now for the rest of his mm -hmm. life probably. And, and for me, it was like you know he didn't mm -hmm. raise me, and but to see like what he went through and to understand, it was like I can't make the same mistakes. And you know if that's if him not being in my life taught me anything that was that was it was to learn from his mistakes and not make the same mistakes mm -hmm. and uh like I said, growing up and turning into a man right now is what what is you know it, it hasn't been easy because I can be honest like I said financially there's no real stability until you figure it out. There's there's no stability in coming to play overseas because they're only going to keep you doing a season and then you got to go back home. Until you decide mm -hmm. that this is for me, then you can kind of balance it out. Okay, I know I'm going to play here 
and then I'm going to go back home. I'm not going to get a career job, so I'm going to get a temp job. This is what I did the first two, two, three years. Like, there's no trying to get a, a corporate job or anything like that. If I really know that I'm going to try to go back and keep pursuing my dreams, so I would go home and get a temp job, train, then go back, bounce out again. And so mm. you couldn't really find no stability, stability in that. And then that's when I came up with, I was like, okay, what, how can I find a way to make some money outside of this? Then I said, okay, I'm gonna, let me network better. Let me learn Portuguese. Let me figure out, to, you know, generate some income and also be a blessing to others. And so that's when I kind of figured it out. And other players that I know, some of them come over to Europe and be like, I'm not going back to America. Life is way better. I'll get a job over here, mm. free health insurance or whatever it may be, you know, and they adapt to it. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but if you have that 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 mindset and the will to, I'm just going to be different than, you know, I'm not, I don't want a nine to five. So there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five, but if that's not for you, it's not for you. If you have that, a different mindset and a different vision, then you're going to find that, that, that area where you can take advantage mm -hmm. of the opportunity. And that's, that's exactly what I had to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm, I want to give, um, if anybody has some questions for Jock as we get ready to wrap, um, I want to give, okay. He, uh, global kid media wants to know, do you have a foundation? You can impact so many mm -hmm. kids, especially. Um, I started a, a foundation called Athletes Worldwide Sports Preparatory Academy. Um, I started in Brazil because um, Brazil is a country that we all know is a third world country. Um, the economy is not so great there. And so um, what I did was anytime that I had free time, I would go out and train uh, kids and, you know, do do what I could to just give back the game. And especially um, in Brazil where football just kind of came around in the late or early 2000s. And so I have a 20-year, you know, curve on them, like, on my head. And so I just felt like mm -hmm. I've, I've developed soccer players into American football players. And so I know what I can do really works. And so I've just been trying to network and work with the right people to kind of build this. I, I can't do anything alone. And so it's over the years mm -hmm. I've been trying to you know, put the pieces together to work with the right people that I can really put something together, help some guys from America come down to Brazil or to other countries or help these other less fortunate guys get an opportunity to go to America, experience what, what I've been through and stuff like that. And that's what I've kind of been trying to do is just build a bridge. Right. And that's, that's my whole uh, focus with the foundation that I uh, want to do and just present some opportunities to some guys and, you know, and just be a blessing in any way that I can. That's really, really, really powerful. That's like a built-in market right there. And I don't mean market in terms of like, you know, taking advantage of anybody, but there are so many guys that need that, that, that need that, that person or that point person to say, hey, come, because they don't know it's available. That's amazing. I, I want to make sure that I get with you and we talk about that and see how we can support you in that. And yeah, I, I definitely want to. So have you adopted anything from other cultures um, you have been in? Oh. Elf paint. I 
Oh, so this uh, someone that's like in the league that I'm playing in now, uh, the European League of Football, which is kind of like the new NFL Europe. And so uh, have I adopted anything from other cultures uh, I've been in? Um, definitely when I played in Finland, I got um, – I think their, like, traditional thing is to, like, go to saunas and go to lakes and things like that. I love that. I love Finland culture. Brazil, of course, I adapted adopted a lot from there. I'm speaking uh, Portuguese pretty fluently, and um, I think Brazil's culture in general. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. Let them have it. Give us some Portuguese. Uh, okay, você quer que eu fale? Eu posso falar qualquer coisa. Eu acho que eu tenho algumas pessoas aqui da Brasil. Se você está em Brasil, okay, eu yeah. pergunta aqui. Eu vou responder. What you had said right there. The only <laughs> thing I understood was here. A key is here. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I got. <laughs> that's amazing. That that's so dope. I, I am I am so 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 encouraged. Um, you know, just just be prepared for a lot more people to want to interview you and ask you to speak and um, want to have access to you because I really believe like. You are positioned um, to really to be a blessing to colleges and the NFL. I just want to say thank you, although this interview is definitely going up and I am going to be passing around everywhere. I don't care if the Wi-Fi was in and out. Um, I hope it was. It is it. one of the best interviews that I have done on this show. And I just want to say thank you so much for just just the willingness to, number one, to encourage me um, to share your story. You know, if, if you didn't share it, I wouldn't have known and I wouldn't have known to reach out so that I could share it with my family. So, you know, shout out to your family, your mom and your people my and, my you know. <laughs> And 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 uh, when are you coming back to the states? Um. So um, after I finished the season in Berlin, I took a contract to come to Romania. So I'm currently in Romania right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in okay. Romania on contract until December, and hopefully okay. I get to go back uh, home for the holidays. I haven't spent a holiday in America in over four years. I've been in Brazil the last <gasps> four years. So really. Uh, home and then I'll go see my son and spend some time with him and hopefully get to come back to Germany and, and play next season. Wow. So that's, well, that's, you, know, that's... you know what? If, if you don't get back right now and, and they just keep trying to sign you, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> right, right. My son got his passport, so I might have to send his mom, like, come on, come across the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you come this way, we're going to talk Regardless, we are going to keep in touch because I do want to talk about the foundation. Um, tell my audience, obviously, they can reach you here at IG. Um, do you have any other information you want to share? Um, I'm pretty much available here on IG. Uh, I think my Facebook, okay. I can't receive any friend uh, requests right now, but uh, normally I'm always here on IG. But uh, okay. if anyone wants to reach me via email, it's jockworldwide at gmail.com. And so either one, I'll, I'll, I'm normally good at responding to messages. So 
even if I don't follow you, it'll follow my request, and I'll probably see it uh, if it's not spam. So anyone that wants to reach out, um, I'm more than willing to, to speak and connect with people. I love networking, so I appreciate yeah. it. Well, I, I definitely can see your speaking career in the off season going very well. So, <laughs> dang, now I got the dope clear picture. Now that we get ready to get off, it's like crystal clear now. But it's it's cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Jock. Thank you for coming on the show. This is a great coming back show. I appreciate you so much, Jock. God bless you. Man, have a safe season. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And have a great, great, great season. Thank you so much. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. All right. See you soon. All right, y'all. Live with Milani. I'll let you know when the next show is. Y'all keep us lifted and we'll see you soon. Grace and peace. Ciao, ciao.